So he he starts with this, John 14, 12, I assure you, I assure you. I think in the King James, doesn't it say verily, verily, okay? What does that mean? Verily, verily, it means, hey, truth, yeah, truth, truth, okay? He says it twice. So what's he telling you here? What I'm gonna tell you now, pay attention, this is truth, and it's not just truth, it's truth, truth. Truth, truth, this is important, what I'm gonna tell you. And he says this, the one who believes in me. You notice something now, it doesn't say, he doesn't say, I assure you, you 12 disciples, if you believe in me, he didn't, he didn't say that. Some people have put that in there. They want to insert some extra things in that are in the Bible. But he says, I assure you, the one who believes in me will do the works that I do. And he'll do even greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. I want to talk to you about this this morning, the greater works. The greater works. How many of you know God has a way of doing things? And it might be different than our way of doing things. He says, he says in the Old Testament, I think it's in Isaiah, he says, my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. What's that tell you? God's got a different way of doing things. I, I don't know if you ever do home repairs yourself. I, I do, I, my wife says I'm cheap, and it's true. So I like to do things myself when I can't. Sometimes I've, I've started to recognize there's certain things I can't do. Um, but I, I did, the other day, we had a toilet that was running, just running and running. And uh, we're on a well, so that's not fun because then you go to use something, you don't have any water anywhere, right? So I'm, I'm, I said, no problem. I, my first job, when I was 15, 14 years old, I worked for a plumber. Now, granted, it was my uncle, and he made me dig ditches the entire time, but I, I still, I have that qualification. So I, I went into the bathroom. I fixed, I fixed the toilet. It was still running. I said, oh, I, I fixed what I thought it was. Let me, I'll fix something else. I thought I fixed it, but I had to fix it again. I changed out every single thing that you could change out in that toilet, and, and it, was, it was not running I did it. I felt very accomplished. I, we don't need a plumber. You got me, honey. And, and she was very impressed for a few minutes. And the next, the next day, I went upstairs where the bathroom was, and the, and the kids, one of them had taken a shower, and I mean, there was water sloshed all over the floor. I was, I was getting mad at them. These darn kids messing up the floor. There's water, I mean, water everywhere. I wiped it all up. I came back in a little while. There's more water. Nobody's been in there. I said, what's going on? It's the toilet I fixed. It's leaking from a spot. I didn't even touch that spot. It's leaking from a new spot. You know, but when you hire somebody who's a professional, now the plumber's ways are not my ways. The plumber's got a better way of doing that because he's got the experience, he's got the knowledge, he's got the tools. He can get the job done. He knows what he's doing. See, this is the thing. I've got to learn how God does things. Because listen, God sent his son Jesus to show me how to do life. I mean, that wasn't the only reason. He died on the cross, he saved us from our sins, he did all that. 
But listen, he would, when he sent Jesus, God was showing us, here's how you do life. Because remember what he said in the Old Testament, my ways aren't your ways. So what did he do? He sent Jesus who did things God's way. Jesus did life, didn't he? God's way. In fact, Jesus said, I only say what I hear the Father saying. I only do what I see the Father doing. Everything Jesus said, everything Jesus did was just like the Father, right? He was the perfect representation of God on this earth. He was God. So when he did something, it was God's way. So listen, God's got a way of doing stuff. He's got a way of thinking that's better than your way of thinking. He's got a way of doing things. He's got a way of speaking. We talked about that recently, didn't we? That's better than your way of speaking. He does things better than you could ever imagine. And so what we got to do is learn how to do things God's way. I, you know, sometimes we just learn things that aren't right. I, I heard this story before. You've heard it before too. Probably this, there was a, a married couple. They just got married. And the woman was one Sunday afternoon was fixing a roast and she took the roast and she cut off the end of it and put it in the pan and put it in the oven. And her husband said, now, wait a minute. Why do you, why do you cut off the end of the roast there? And she said, I don't know. My mom always did it that way. And she called up her mom. She said, mom, why do we, why do we cut the end off of the roast? And you know, her mom had to pause for a minute. She said, honey, I don't know why we do that. My, my, my mom, your grandma always did that. Let's call grandma and find out. And so they called grandma, grandma, why do we always cut the end off of the roast? Grandma said, oh, honey, that's because my pot's too small. <laughs> See, sometimes you're doing things, you think you're doing it right because you picked it up from your parents. You picked it up from, hey, from people at church. And this is how we do life. And so I learned how to do life. But listen, you might be doing some things wrong. It's time we learn how God does things. Because listen, he is not a natural God. He is not an intellectual God. Nothing against your intellect, but that's not God. God is not some giant brain up in heaven. He is spirit. And the way he does things are spirit, and the way he does things are supernatural. He doesn't do anything natural. And you look at Jesus' life as Jesus was on earth, Jesus didn't do anything natural. Um, well, he did. There was natural things because he was in his body, but there wasn't any problem that he addressed from a natural standpoint. There wasn't any situation that Jesus dealt with purely from the natural. He dealt with things supernaturally. When there wasn't enough food to go around, what did he do? He didn't deal with things naturally and say, uh-oh, we're in big trouble. Lord, we, we need some money. What are we going to do? Guys, disciples, go get some jobs real quick. Why don't you see if you can earn some extra money and we'll take care of this situation? He didn't approach it from the natural because that's how we would think. Because we look at what, I talked about this, I think, recently. We look at what we don't have. We look at our, in the natural thinking, we look at, well, I only have this much and I know how far this will go. And so that's not enough. No, God doesn't see things that way, does he? Because he does things supernaturally. See, listen, this is what I'm getting at. God wants you to learn how to do life from looking at Jesus. Jesus said the one, put that scripture up there again. The one 
who believes in me. That's you. Do you, you get this now? He's talking to you. I read some commentaries this week, and, and one of them said this was specifically for the disciples. Well, isn't that nice that we can reinvent what the Bible says? Because if Jesus was saying it to me, that means he expects something from me. He expects that I can do what he did. But see, if I don't want, if I don't want to do that or I've not been living that way, I need to reinvent what the Bible says. But that's not, I want to look at what Jesus said. Listen, let me, let me, let me read this to you again. Keep going with me. The, the one who believes in me will do the works that I do. And he'll do even greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. And then he goes into this verse that we've talked about recently. Whatever you ask in my name. We sang about the name of Jesus. We heard about the name of Jesus. I hope somebody wrote some of those words down. Uh, we've got them recorded, don't we? We need to listen to those words and repeat those words. But we heard about the name of Jesus. Listen, he says, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Now, let me ask this question, because sometimes we have this whole debate, too, about greater works. What's a greater work? What does that mean? How can I do greater works than Jesus did? Jesus did some pretty fantastic works, didn't he? So some, some people say this, well, it's because it's greater in number, and I believe that's true. It's because it's greater in number. When Jesus was on earth, he was one person, filled with the Spirit of God. Listen, everything that Jesus did, he did as a man filled with the Spirit of God. He was God. He was fully God, wasn't he? When Jesus came down to this earth, he was God in the flesh, but yet he didn't come down and do everything as God and come down and just, I mean, he could have he just come down and commanded all kinds of stuff, but if he had done that, he couldn't say, now you go do it because I'm not God. But when he came down, he came down as a man filled with the Holy Spirit and then he said, I'm going to give you, look at this next verse, verse 16, I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. He's the spirit of truth. Jesus said, I'm going to give you the same Holy Spirit I got so that you can do the same works that I've been doing. So listen, church, it's time for us to start doing the greater works. So it's greater in number because Jesus was one person. Now we're the church in the world I don't know the population. It's a bunch. And if everybody's doing the works that Jesus did, it's multiplication. But listen, he said you can do works and even greater. I believe there's something even greater than just the amount of works. I believe that the, what Jesus was really doing was taking the limits off. Because what we would do is we would look at the works that Jesus did, and we're going to look at some of those later this, in, these, in this series. We're, we'd look at the works and we'd limit it. And we'd say, no, Jesus never did that, or he never did this. That means I can't do it. No, Jesus was saying, you'll do what I did, and you'll even go beyond because there are no limits to what you can do with the Holy Spirit in you. Amen. Amen. Listen. Don't, you don't need to approach any situation in the natural anymore. You approach every situation just like Jesus did. If you've got a problem, I don't care what it was. When, when Jesus needed some money to pay his taxes, he told Peter, go fishing. And you'll catch a fish, open his mouth, and there's some money in there, and then you can pay your taxes. Doesn't that sound good? We don't, listen, the point is we don't have to worry about anything. 
We don't have to approach life from a deficit. We can approach life with the fullness of what God has. We can approach God not based on what we have, but based on the God who has more than enough. Hey, I might, I might not have enough in my hand, but it doesn't matter. I know who does. And I know he'll give it to me because Jesus said, if I ask anything, he'll give it to me in his name if I ask. So listen, I want you to know something because there, there's been people. Now, some people, some, you won't hear this message preached in a lot of churches because there's people who will try to take the gospel and make it just a social club, make it just a rotary club. They just want it to be a, a you know, God, God gives us some good instructions, go live a good life and do some good things. There's nothing wrong with some of those things. But listen, we're not called to be a rotary club. The gospel is power. When Jesus came to this earth, he walked the earth in power. And then he said, I'm giving you my name. I'm giving you my authority. I'm giving you my power. I'm giving you my spirit. And what do we try to do? We try to go around and just, just figure stuff out with our minds, figure stuff out with our own strength, figure stuff out with what we have instead of looking at what God has for us. We, our, our team was doing a, a ministry trip. I think we were in Dominican Republic several years ago, and we were, we were going around preaching, you know, holding crusade services, doing these kinds of things, and we came into this little village, and in the village, there was a, there was a school, and we were doing a, a service for the, the kids there. There must have been about 100 kids there. We were just preaching to them, and, and we were feeding them and doing some different things, and there was a group that was right next door to us building a basketball court. And they said to us, hey, why don't you guys come help us? Because we need some help. I think they were, you know how it is when you do construction and you have a timeline and you think everything's gonna work out in the timeline and it never does, right? And so they said, why don't you guys come help us? We need some help. And I said, no, we can't. We've got a schedule. We're doing this, we're doing that. They got mad at me. I didn't sign up to build a basketball court. That's your project. You do the best. But they were mad at me for not helping them. Everybody's got their own thing. Listen, it's good to do some of those things. We've done construction projects. We've done all that. But if that's all the gospel is, you're missing something. The gospel is not meant to be just a construction project. If all you got is a construction project and no power, you're just a construction worker. Nothing wrong with construct. We need that. But listen, that's not what the gospel is. The gospel is power. Amen. God's called you to walk in power. But listen to this, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But know this, difficult times will come in the last days. So here's what Paul tells Timothy. He says, let me tell you what the last days are going to look like. He says, people will be lovers of self. Oh, let me take another selfie. Come on. Oh, don't you? If Paul, could have, if Paul could have just looked into the future and seen the selfie. Come on. I think that's kind of what he was doing here. Lovers, they'll be lovers of money. Boastful, proud, blasphemers. Disobedient to their parents. Where are the kids at in here? Get them in here. This, that's, you see that? Ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable. Oh, you see this list. This is a big list. Slanderers. Without self-control, I'm going to drop on down. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Wow. Come on. In the last days, people are going to be lovers of pleasure 
Rather, or do you see that happening in our world? I think we can say we're here, guys. We're here. We're in the last days. And now listen to the final statement he makes about what the last days will look like in verse 5. Holding to a form of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid these people. He doesn't even say, well, just, just love them in Jesus' name and just bless them. Don't even get around them because they're going to taint you. You're gonna, they're going to tell you that the church is just powerless, that God left us powerless and we're just holding on a few more weary days. That's not what Jesus said. He left us power. He said the, that those who believe in me will do the same works that I do. That means we got to start believing for some greater works. Come on. That means we can believe for greater works. It, this isn't even just for you. This is for your neighbor. This is for the people in your neighborhood. Oh, that takes me back to Sesame Street. Uh, anybody, anybody grow up on the street? Who are the people in your neighborhood? God sent you. God's sending you to your neighborhood with greater works. God's sending you to your workplace with greater works. Come on. He's sending you young people to your schools with greater works. God has greater works for you. But we, he, it's going to take some people who want to step out in faith, who, who are going to believe God and hold on to the word of God in spite of what they see. Come on. This book is a supernatural book. There's a, there's a quote. I read this on Wednesday night a couple weeks ago. There's a quote from the book, The Name of Jesus, by Hagen that we've been teaching from. And this is actually a quote from Kenyon, but here's what he says. Jesus, the very name, has within it miracle-working power even to this day. Jesus' life was a miracle. Isn't that true? Everything Jesus did was a miracle. And then he said, a stream of miracles flowed from the hands of the apostles that upset Judaism. It shook the Roman government to its foundation. Christianity began in miracles. It's propagated in miracles. Every new birth is a miracle. Every answer to prayer is a miracle. Every victory in our life is a miracle. Now listen to this. When reason takes the, the place of the miraculous, come on, Christianity loses its power, its fascination, and its fruitfulness. Man was created for the supernatural. He craves a miracle working God today. Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start to close. I know I'm going, we're getting long, but I'm starting to close. But hear, hear this. Everything the disciples saw Jesus do was miraculous. For three and a half years, think about this. Jesus was on earth for 33-something years. He did ministry for what? Three and a half years, right? Three and a half years of miracles was all that he did on this earth. The disciples followed him around every single day, watching him do miracles for three and a half years. And John makes this statement at the end of his gospel. He says, if I were to write down everything Jesus did, there would not be enough books to hold it. There would, the world couldn't contain all the scrolls I'd have to fill. In three and a half years, Come on, of ministry, Jesus is preaching, Jesus is healing the sick, Jesus is raising the dead, and he just wrote down a little tiny bit of it. Listen, 
Jesus left us his spirit. He left us his power. And he said, go do the works that I do. Come on, church, it's time. And I, feel, I felt that word this morning, what are you waiting for? And I feel like we're in that season where God's saying, come on, church, let's just get up and start believing what this word says. Let's stop sitting and waiting for God to do something when he's given us everything we need to take care of it. Start, start doing what Jesus said to do. Do the greater works. Amen. It doesn't matter if you need a miracle in your body. It doesn't matter if your mama needs a miracle. It doesn't matter what the situation is. You've got, you've got the ability in you, Christ in you. Come on, Christ is in you. You've got the ability to do everything God's sending you to do. Believe for some greater stuff. Start having that kind of faith. You know, it can be hard. It can be awkward to step out. It can be hard. I, I remember... We were in Puerto Rico last February. We got there just before the pandemic, in and out, right before the pandemic. And they, they asked us while we were there, we were just, we were traveling around doing all kinds of different things. And at one point they said to me, can you come pray for this guy? He's, he's about to die. And I said, well, that's not on the schedule. <laughs> I don't like to go pray for, I don't want to pray for dead people, but he's about to die. And I thought, oh, Lord, you know, that's, that's tough because it's not like I'm just going to, I'm going to pray for somebody with a headache. I'm going to pray for a guy who they said is, is minutes away from dying. And I said, okay, let's go pray for him. And so we went to his house, and we're standing there. He was, he, his, his legs were about this big around. He'd been in his hospital bed in his bedroom for, I don't know, months and months. He'd been sick for a long, long time. And his family said, he's, he's old, he's ready to go home. We just want to send him off to heaven with a prayer. I said, okay. And so we're standing there and I put my head down to pray. I thought, Lord, how do I pray right here? Because I believe this word. I believe this word. And I, you know, he's Lord, kind of talking to the Lord in my head here. Lord, he's ready to go home. Lord, let's just, can we just send him home? Should we send him home? And I felt the Lord saying, no, don't you do it. Don't you do it. You pray what I tell you to pray. I said, okay. I didn't even know what I, I had no idea what I was going to pray, but the Lord, the Lord had me speak to that man. And I said, in the name of Jesus, you're going to get up out of this bed. You're going to sit up. You're going to, the sickness is leaving you. You're going to feel healthy. You're going to eat some meals and you're going to have a smile on your face. And when it's your time to go, you're going to go. I said, okay. I pray. I prayed that. I didn't know I was going to pray. I prayed that and we left. I thought, whew, I don't know. That, you know what I mean? It's kind of, sometimes it's kind of scary to step out of faith, pray something. So I prayed that. And they, you know, they, we were at the church a few days later and they, they called us, they called the pastor's wife and she came and told us, she said, you know that old guy you prayed for? I said, yeah. He, she, she said, the next morning he woke up. He was in a coma. He woke up. He sat up in bed. He said, I feel terrific. They, they, she said, they brought him some food. He ate. He had a great time with his family. He laughed. He was having a good time for about two or three days. And then he just passed away to sleep. I thought, wow, the Lord did that. The Lord did that. You know, God wants to do some things through you. I really feel this is a challenge, church. The Lord's calling us to greater works. He's calling us to believe him, to believe that he'll do it, to have some kind of crazy faith, to believe that God could do something like that. Now, what if I had prayed for that guy and he, he just went ahead and nothing happened and he died? 
well, I, I got to be obedient to what the Lord tells me. See, so often we get caught up in what, what if and what about this and what about that. You just got to be obedient to what the Lord tells you. I can't help it what happens after that. I just got to be obedient. But if we don't believe this word, if we won't put this word in our mouth, if we won't speak this word, nothing's going to happen. What do they call that definition of insanity when you keep doing the same thing over and over again and you believe for different results? But we believe the hospital rooms are going to be emptied out. Well, we're not doing anything about it. We're doing the same old thing we've been doing. What about going to the hospital rooms and start speaking that there? They may not let me in because I don't care. You do what the Lord tells you to do. Stop making excuses. Oh, if I say something at work to this guy, he's going to get mad. So what? Let's start speaking what the Lord tells us to speak. Let's start being obedient. Let's start walking in what the Lord gives us. Amen. I went a little off script there. Jesus, everything Jesus did, he did under the anointing. We're going to talk about this over the next several weeks. We're going to talk about the anointing. We're going to talk about what Jesus did because he said, do the same stuff I'm doing, only greater. So that's our challenge. We challenge you this week. You find somebody to pray for. You find somebody to speak over. You, you listen to, your, to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to your spirit and start being obedient. Wow. Man, what God can do in our city, if this group right here would listen, would speak to one person. I think we heard somebody say something like this a few weeks ago, if somebody would reach one person. What if, man, what if you just, what if you just ministered to one person this week? I'm not saying they gotta come here, but I'm saying, what if you just minister to one person this week? What if you just listen to the Holy Spirit while you're at lunch today and give a waitress a word? Come on, what if you just, what if you're just in Walmart and the Lord gives you a word to speak to somebody? Or you see somebody who's sick and the Lord says, yeah, that's the person, go pray for them. And you're obedient, come on. The Lord can, I believe the Lord wants to do even greater in our city. He wants to do even greater in our church. He wants to do even greater in your life. Listen, we're coming into a season now. There's some crazy stuff happening in this world. And church, we can sit back and say, oh, well, let's just, let's just sit in our refrigerator until Jesus comes back. Let's just sit and, and chill and Jesus will come back and, and whip us all out of here. Or we can start saying, you know what? Jesus put me on this earth. He put his spirit in me. He gave me authority. He told me to say what he said. He told me to do what he did. And I can start living like that and maybe make a difference. Come on, I believe that's what God wants to do with us. Why don't you stand up with me? And just bow your heads for a moment. And, and let me close with this first. I was, there's a lot I didn't get to, but that's okay. Acts chapter four. Verse 29, this is what the apostles prayed. They said, Lord, consider their threats because they had just been threatened, told to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. That might come, there might come a time where they tell you stop preaching in the name of Jesus. There might come a time where they tell you, you gotta sit down and shut up. You can't speak about that. You can't talk about this topic. You can't say this. No, Lord, consider their threats and grant that we may speak your message with complete boldness while you stretch out your hand for healing, signs, and wonders to be performed by the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Lord, as we speak the word, I believe things are gonna start happening in our world. As we're obedient to what you call us to do, Lord, I believe you're gonna stretch out your hand and perform healings and signs and wonders to be performed through the name of Jesus. 
Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I thank you for the, the, Lord, the anointing that was on this service this morning. But Lord, I pray it doesn't just stop here. Lord, may we take it into our homes. May we live with the the same anointing because we have the same presence. We have the same anointing. We have the same Jesus, the same Holy Spirit living in us. Lord, I pray that we... Lord, throughout our day, just be, have an awareness of your presence, have an awareness of your spirit. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. I thank you, Lord God, for just drawing us closer to you in the name of Jesus. Listen, if there's anybody here this morning and your life isn't right with Jesus, I don't know how that's still possible, but if that's you, I want you to come on down. We're gonna pray for you right where you are. And today's your day to make your life right with Jesus. Listen, if you're watching online and that's you and you say, I need to get my life right with Jesus, the word of God says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So if you need to get your life right with Jesus, you speak that Jesus come into my heart. I confess that you're my Lord. I give you my life today, Jesus, and the Lord will transform your life. But if you need prayer for anything, you can come down. We'll pray for you. If you need to ask the Lord into your heart, you need to be filled with the Spirit. Whatever you need this morning, we're here to pray for you and bless you. Let's close with this song this morning.